Hello, everyone. Welcome to the What's Your 20 podcast. I'm Dave Herman. And as you may or may not know, what I'm doing this year is I'm practicing 20 habits in the year 2020. Yeah, this is the first year and the only year in my life where the first two digits of the year will be the same as the last two digits of the year. This is probably true for you as well. Um, So kind of fascinating. So in playing on that number, yes, I'm going to be practicing 20 habits in increments of 20 this year. Sometimes I'll do something 20 times a year, sometimes 20 minutes uh, for a day for 20 days in a month. But uh, you can check that out later on your website. That'll be in the show notes. But today we have joining us Lauren Baylor. Hello, Lauren. How are you? Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing well. Lauren is a certified transformational nutrition coach with a focus on mental health. Um, And I know many of us today, it's very important. We are recognizing more and more, if not in our minds, we notice and we feel it in our bodies that what we eat affects our mind and how we think really affects our lives. So Lauren, can you tell us about your backstory and what got to where you are today? Sure, Dave. So yes, I've struggled with my mental health for uh, ever since I was about 16. Um, I was back and forth to doctors, um, diagnosed with some OCD and then eventually depression. And ever since there became like a Russian roulette of uh, different antidepressants and um, I became pretty tired of having to go through this repeatedly. Uh, So I eventually found through a couple different avenues that what I was eating was vastly affecting the way I was feeling. So I started really exploring a couple different avenues. Um, uh, Dr. Kelly Brogan is a a person I follow very closely. And I started uh, really, you know, I was able to turn myself around in a lot of different ways. And I was able to eventually uh, wean myself off of antidepressants, which is my story and something I wanted to do. And yeah, so eventually um, I became a certified transformational nutrition coach because I just strongly believe that, you know, there's a connection between the body, mind and spirit. And we really have to implement all these different factors in order to succeed with our mental health. So uh, one area can't be ignored and we have to really, really focus on all all three. So, yeah, so this is this is big. And as I'm practicing my habits this year, um, I think it's really important to know what it is that we eat that contributes to good mental health. Do you have some basic recommendations for the type of foods or is it just basically all natural? Mm. Are there some go-to foods you use for different kinds of mental health? Or, uh, energy for sure um so basically i don't think it really has to be as complicated as we make it uh mm-hmm. as we know as we're beginning to find out depression is very closely tied to the amount of inflammation we have in our body so the way to cut inflammation is kind of just to eat a, a heavily plant-based diet with a lot of unprocessed foods that occur in nature hopefully organic and just starting from there is a very good spot um, and then you'll you'll start noticing other things like gluten dairy sugar are big contributors to inflammation altogether uh, so yeah I was just basically my huge recommendation is to try to be more plant-based and and really you know foods that are not packaged but packaged by nature I want to say so. Okay, so inflammation is related to depression. So is that the sort of like bloating? I mean, I, I think we all get inflammation in different places. I think with men, uh, such as me, 
um, inflammation happens more around the abdominal abdominal area. So you're saying that eating more plant-based and cutting out maybe maybe gluten, sugar, dairy, which is the next step that will not only make me look trimmer and leaner, less bloated, but also contribute to a more healthier and positive outlook. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're, we're noticing the connection between the gut and the brain, and there will actually be inflammation markers that are, you know, communicating these things to the brain. So, you know, we're, if you're if you're inflamed, there's a lot of things that are going on. Your 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 body is constantly kind of trying to fight itself. So that's not a really great uh, baseline for health. We want to make sure, you know, that we're supporting our system rather than kind of fighting it. And if we're eating things that are that our body doesn't recognize in essence, uh, you know, packaged foods where with a lot of extra things in it, our body doesn't recognize these things and it treats it as a foreign invader and it will, it will be fighting. And then, so that's not really a great uh, place for to be, you know, healthy from. So once your, your yeah. body is not healthy, your mind is kind of like, has to try to catch up your, your, your brain's an organ, just like any other thing. So. Well, yeah. Considering the length of human history, these things are foreign objects. I mean, I'm looking on these, ingredients and there's these things I um uh gosh that there are so many things that seem to be man-made or or chemicals I mean I remember that uh, I think about five years ago I, I try to do like a new project for myself every year whether I publicize it or not and uh five years ago I started working intensely for the with a p90x program I know uh, many of us have heard about it uh, Beachbody, that company has many different workout videos, not the only company, of course, but uh, P90X was one of the more popular ones. And I did that intensely, many ab exercises, my abs uh, aching, and I'm sure it was good for me, but uh, I felt like I didn't notice much chain, change. And then in just a couple days of eating plant-based, I didn't even know what it was at first. I'm like, what is related to me feeling trim with me looking less bloated here. I didn't even know what it was. And then I realized the connection was eating a more plant-based, uh, many fewer processed foods. And that had such, and not only a different impact on my look, but an immediate impact on my look. Like within two days mm -hmm. of eating plant-based, I got the results that I was trying to for, for weeks and months through doing all these ab exercises. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think our bodies are pretty adaptable. Um, and eventually, like, I, I really don't think we're getting near the amount of vegetables we should because it's we we consider it difficult to acquire vegetables because we're out. We're just going to be grabbing something really quick and mm -hmm. and we want and usually it's not fresh. So, you know, just uh, to make the set the intention to kind of like incorporate more vegetables is is kind of like the easiest thing you can do. And it's, it really is a quick, I, I immediately noticed like after two days as well, like my, my, um, my mental health would be kind of better um, just by incorporating that. So. Wow. Well, uh, I want to, in addition to uh, what we're talking about uh, concerning nutrition, I know I was fascinated about everything you were saying about journaling to me before the show, different methods of journaling. And I think one of our base habits that would be very helpful, I know it is to me, is keeping a daily journal. I don't journal every day, but I always have it available just because it's helpful for me to have an expression for my thoughts. And it helps me understand how I'm thinking 
maybe it's just because I'm a big thinker, I'm a very analytic person. So can you walk us through different types of journaling activities that may be helpful for our mindsets? Sure, yeah, so I'll outline my process, what I do pretty much daily. Um, mm -hmm. So there's, it's usually a six step process, but it ends up uh, going through pretty quickly. So the first one is stream of consciousness. Um, and the next ones are based on a Tim Ferriss exercise, um, where I ask myself, what would make today great? Uh, uh, gratitude affirmations. And then in the evening, I would incorporate um, what would make what made this day great and what could I do better. And so for those, I'm kind of just listing three things each, but the, that's been a very big help for determining how I want my day to go through through this exercises. And the first one I start with is stream of consciousness writing. And this is based on uh, an exercise by Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way. And it's really, it's just kind of writing whatever comes to your mind and just sitting down and really having the practice of slowing yourself down and, and just creating observations, just not, not editing yourself in any way, but just kind of, just kind of, I want to say word vomit onto the page. And, and so what she would have, what eventually you start noticing is that um, through about halfway through of doing this, you're your, your filter is kind of turned off and you're able to access right. different parts of your consciousness than you were before. You, you really start being like, oh, I, I, I don't like this. I don't like my job. And then it, also the other thing that happens is if you notice you're repeating these things from day to day to day, um, it kind of becomes more obvious to you versus if you were just having these thoughts. If, if you put it in writing, you're able to kind of communicate both sides of your brain. They're, they're able to make a connection. And you're able to problem yeah. solve in this way. And that's, and student conscious writing is a really great way to do that. So, yeah, I noticed that in myself too. I mean, when we're in social situations, I think it's normal and it's good for us to have some sort of filter so that we're not saying everything that's on our mind. But I noticed that I do that too in private and I don't need to do that. And it's not helpful for me to hide my thoughts from myself. So I remember I had a good, when I took a sketch writing class, I had a good teacher who said the best way to overcome writer's block is to write. And I noticed that when it comes to journaling, as long as I'm writing, um, the, the thoughts start to come out. Even if I'm writing the, the, about not knowing what I'm thinking or not knowing what I'm feeling, just that process, it uh, itself helps prime the pump, so to speak. And then I find that out. Right. Yeah. I'm, I think I've heard it said recently that whenever you write something down, it's kind of a rehearsal for your brain. It's like a, you know, a, before you actually do the thing, because it's, it's, you know, exploring the different cool. options and making it into a physical form. Whereas if you were just thinking about it, it's still kind of in the ethers, but this is like, actually fabricating something in front of you and it's you know, connect it's yours it's coming from your hand and you know and really there is there is something to be said for taking any sort of action in a direction though um rather than just think, sitting and thinking about something you you kind of find the answers within the action and yeah i did see that too um i'm sorry i hope i'm not cutting you off um, I, I noticed as well, I was just reading that uh, there was a study that had three different groups. There was a control group, and then there were two other groups. And it was all about seeing if people would actually follow through with exercising the following week. And one control group, you know, they weren't told anything. The second group was just given information on the benefits of exercising. 
and they had negligible improvements. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, we're talking like 35% to 38% between the first and second group. The third group, not only were they given material, but the only other command they were given is they had to choose, they, they just had to state the time and the date and the location they were going to work out the following week. That's it. Mm. Well, it turns out in that third group, 91% of these people followed through as opposed to the 35% or 38%. So I see how important writing these things out, just writing things down does for us. It somehow puts it more in reality. For yeah, us. for sure. And it's, it's basically a very safe way of doing it. You know, you have to, you it's the first initial step and then you see how it can be mapped out in front of you. So yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting study. Yeah. Good. Okay. What else do you so, have? So yeah. Us? Uh, so the next one, uh, the next activity I would do is these are Tim Ferriss's three things. What would make today great? And what this does is kind of it sets an intention for the rest of your day. It really puts your brain in a, a, a kind of again a problem solving state where you're going to be looking for these things to to build up your day rather than kind of just letting your life be on autopilot or just taking you in the direction mm -hmm. that you want to go um so what i do is i'll stream of consciousness right and I'll, I'll kind of speak to whatever is the biggest truth at that moment and i'm like okay knowing this how can i you know if there's some some issue that's coming up in my writing okay what 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 would make today great where where can i address this problem head on or you know if there's something i want to work on like if i want to work on my communication what would be you know just one simple thing what would make my day great and i would i would list like oh, i really want to connect with somebody today um you know just very basic things like that it's not about really listing you know Oh, I have to overcome these five tasks. It's not about that. It's really just taking hmm. a very small step and and recognizing that if you did that, it's e even these small steps are going to drastically shift your perception uh, throughout your day. And I've I've had days where I've woken up, you know, really in a cranky mood, and I was able to like, okay, this is this is a choice here. This is a choice that I have to make. Where can I shift this? And answering that question, what would make today great? Really. Put, put me on a different track than where I was headed. So, yeah. Okay, so that's that's really fascinating because you, you're right. When I think initially about what would make today great, I think about, well, if I were able to accomplish these three things today, maybe that's how most of us think, that would make to, today great, but um, we're, we're kind of shifting our focus into sort of personal achievements, personal obstacles, things that usually go um, non conscious in our minds. So maybe it's it's reaching out to someone who we feel like we don't have a good connection with. Um, do you have any other suggestions of uh, what we could write down, what would make today great to sort of flesh that out for us a little bit more? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it, there is something to be said for, um, you know, like you're saying, if there there are the three accomplishments, but really it's, um, mm -hmm. I think I also address this as just taking note of where your life is at the moment, just like mm -hmm. whatever small task is going to be. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I've done exercises where I think about my values as well. And, you know, communication is a very important value to me and uh, self-development. So if I'm able, so with these things in mind, if I end up thinking about my values and how I'm kind of serving my values as well, um, anything that's any small task that is going to support either of these things um, is, is definitely a win for me. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So the next one I have is uh, under gratitude and this is kind of a similar thing. It's really 
what we're doing here is you're training your brain to look for certain things. Um, there's a part of our brain where we call it's called the reticular activating system. And, mm -hmm. and if you're uh, into law of attraction or whatever, you, you, you notice that whatever you kind of seek out comes back to you. But it's it's also because of this part of the brain, because it's a filtering system. It's it's basically saying, okay, um, I'm training myself to look for these different things. And once you set your intention to look for different things, you're gonna find them. So if you're if you're in a space where you're creating gratitude, you're you this is going well, this is going well. I'm really grateful that this happened to me. You're gonna start noticing more of these things. And you're we have tendency to be negatively biased. Um mm -hmm. and there's really like a lot of studies on that. Um, we're, we're more likely to, to notice negative things than positive things. So we really have to exercise this muscle as often as possible to be like, there are good things and I'm looking and I'm seeking them and there they are. So I would, you know, I just, there are people actually do gratitude rants. We'll just list absolutely everything they can think of. But uh, Tim Ferriss's exercise, you know, you want to, it's a little bit more bite-sized just to get you started. Um, just listing the three, the, the top three things at the moment are, which are obvious to you. And he says, you want to switch it up every day. So you're really exercising and trying to look for those, those three things. Yeah. I see how our minds default to sort of a negative mindset. Maybe that has something to do with our past as humans that we needed to be aware of a lot more fears than we need to today. And because we've progressed so much from the agriculture to the industrial age to I don't know if we're in a new age right now, but a super information, so much information coming at us so fast. It's really important for us to be conscious of the fears that we experience and be able to tell ourselves whether those fears are true or not. And gratefulness is a great way to set ourselves to know that things that maybe um, we used to be afraid of, that things are actually okay and that our bodies don't need to default to the things that they're acclimated to. Uh, the, the fears that they're acclimated to. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I, I really think that gratitude, will, it, it kind of overrides the negative because we are conditioned to think more negatively because of that. It's, it's, and that is because we are trying to be safe in essence, because, you know, whenever we're, we're thinking negative, it's because there's this evolutionary wise, it's, it's trying to keep us in a, a direction where we're, we're trying to be safe. And so we have, we're trained to notice these more negative things. So, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So the next one I have on here is, uh, affirmations. And again, I would just do three of these per day and it's just, I, I just always have them kind of be in a theme. So, I, usually mine comes up around a communication again. So I have ones that I would say basically, um, it is safe to use my voice. Uh, it is it is safe for me to express myself, or something along these lines. Or mm -hmm. even I am statements are, are really powerful too, because it, because our beliefs really uh, our beliefs aren't always consistent. We there we when we find the supportive evidence, that's usually what creates our beliefs. But again, what we're doing is we're training ourselves to recognize these things. So when we're doing the affirmations and we're we're saying these affirmations about ourselves, we're we're kind of it's inviting us to find the supportive evidence as to who we want to be. So any I statements, I I am strong, I'm powerful. Okay, I'm finding situations that are going to match up to this, and I'm I'm kind of repeating this to myself 
So I believe it eventually. And it will, it does take repetition and just having to commit to that every single day in the morning is, is incredibly easy. Yeah. So when you say that we believe it eventually, um, are we stating things that are already true or are we just saying things that we want to be true? I think this is really important for me because I've heard the phrase fake it till you make it. And that doesn't really that doesn't really work for me unless I'm misunderstanding it, because I don't want to keep lying to myself until I believe a lie. I want to tell myself things that are true until myself who doubts actually believes and lives in accordance with that truth. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think a lot of the things with these affirmations, uh, there's different ways of doing them, but I, I find the same thing. You, what they say is you actually want to go to something that sounds pretty believable. You don't want to say like, mm-hmm. I am a millionaire. Um, I, I attract a million dollars every single day mm-hmm. or something like that, because you, you, you know, you know, that's not true, but if it's something that already exists with a, a baseline of truth, like, um, something like I am healthy. Um, okay. That's, I can do that. How, do, how, what would a healthy person do? A healthy person would eat this. A healthy person would exercise and something that's a little bit reachable. And then you keep building on that. And then you, you would find the next uh, little slightly stretchy truth from there, but you don't want to actually just go really far out and create these things that are unbelievable because you're, you're going to get called out for lying to yourself eventually. So yeah, that's good. Long. Yeah. I'm glad you start with identity too, because I think if we if we start functioning, if we start working on our behavior without looking at who we believe ourselves to be, then we're going to be like, okay, that's that's not really like I I'm trying to stop smoking Mm. as opposed to I'm not a smoker anymore. Mm. Two very different motivations. Uh, So I think it's really important for us to recognize who we are yet and the things that are easier to believe thank you so much for sharing that all right what else do you got for us um yeah so then at this point um i would shift over to my evening um so Mm -hmm. this is this is very important just to kind of assess what went well in the day so uh again you want to be looking for three things that made your day good and even if you're concluding you know sometimes we want to create this huge um judgment about about everything basically oh this day was crap um, that's, that's not true. That's, that's something that you're putting on your day. So there's always good in what, in something, if you look for it. So, you know, even if you went through something really tragic or something really, there's always a little bit of uh, a different way to shift the perspective. So what, what was just one small thing that went well? And for me, sometimes I'm like, you know what, this person smiled at me on the street and that kind of just sent me along my way a little bit easier or just, or just really noticing these things. It, it gets you to really think and to shift your perspective again in the same way that setting up the intention for the morning did. You have to, you're, you're training yourself to be like, okay, it's not all bad. I, I have a choice here of how I'm viewing this situation um, because we want to make these snap judgments because our brain also likes to label things. It likes to say, this is this. Right. And that makes it easier for us to, you know, to process information if we're, if we're able to right. just like, you know, but, but that nothing is black and white. And so our thoughts are distorted. We want it. So we want to be shifting in the, in this different direction. And again, this is an exercise that we have to keep doing. Um, and eventually it becomes a little bit easier, but it does take practice again. So, yeah, I do notice that our brains want to categorize and simplify, which kind of shows itself in, <laughs> in how we say, it sounds very simplistic and flippantly, 
I had a bad day or I had a good day. What we really mean is that there was one thing we really liked or one thing that really got to us. But then in our language, in our mind, we change it into a story about that is how our whole day was defined. <laughs> right, true. And especially, um, you know, I, when I talk about depression too, um, there's a tendency to feel that it's just all collectively this one amorphous blob, everything is bad. It's been like this forever because, you know, it's, it's hard to see outside of, of the box you're, you're in right now because you want to, again, draw these snap conclusions. But really, it is about breaking up it, their day into individual parts where I'm like, OK, you know, maybe this this has been colored by this other thing. But these are two separate situations. And it's important to view, yeah. view these as that. So. Yeah. So. Good. Okay. Um, uh, so I've heard other people call these the highlights and the lowlights, hmm. and you're talking about the highlights right now. I don't know where those terms originated from, but I think it's kind of cool, something easy to remember. So I think um, we're going to be talking about the lowlights now. How do you approach that? How do you approach the more negative or the more dark side of uh, interpreting how our day went? Yeah, so I would just say I uh, have this labeled as what I could do better. And a bit, and mm -hmm. the biggest thing here is you don't want to pass judgment on yourself or, as I was mm -hmm. saying before, label yourself, be like, oh, I'm, I'm garbage because this thing didn't go properly. It's really having an observer standpoint of, of the way your day went. Okay, I, you know, maybe I didn't connect with this person as much as I'd like to or, you know, I didn't I didn't show up for this project in, in 100%. And it's just a way to kind of look at it and view it without the without the judgment so you you just kind of want to say okay uh from an unbiased standpoint what could go better tomorrow and this is a this is a tool for you it's not to not to make you feel bad in any way it's just like okay i can this is something i can work on for tomorrow this is something i can work on for the next day and it just it just sets you up to to kind of view yourself with an analytical mind versus an, an emotional mind so you want to yeah, you just want to be the observer in this sense. So, what 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 could I do better? What is, uh, you know, is this is this day going the way I intentionally crafted it to go? So, we want to always kind of be assessing things in that way. So. That's kind of good. Learning to separate our ego from it that mm. takes some time, but it's the mark of mature people. Oh yeah, yeah, always always an exercise and it, <laughs> never never easy but it's it's so our ego always try to sneak up on us and again it's trying to protect us but you know we want to want to try to let us know it's safe and there's nothing nothing wrong there's nothing wrong so yeah so good all right well, anything else you got for us um so basically these are things i do every day but another journaling activity that I do sometimes outside of this when I'm having a particularly rough time is a CBT exercise called mind mapping. And this is really helpful to journal out because if you're if you're having a situation where, you know, you're 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 just kind of mulling over and you're dwelling over and over and over and it's it's coloring your day just to have something uh, written out for you. Again, this is a problem solving kind of exercise. So I like to use this thing called the CBT triangle. At the top of the triangle would be the thought. Um, so the thought could be something like, or the thought in the situation. So my friend didn't say hello to me. She must not like me. So again, that's a labeling thought. That's um, that's what we call like a black and white or a mind reading thought. So these are all, we can, once we start breaking these down, we, we realize that these are distorted thoughts. So 
at the top of the triangle would be thoughts and then the the right corner of the triangle would be feeling so how do we how does that make me feel um my friend didn't say hello to me it makes me feel rejected it hurts my feelings you know um you write those all out and it's really good to label and identify the feelings because you know once you're able to do that you're you're kind of able to get a little distance from them and see how they're affecting you and then the next corner of the triangle would be the behaviors that are have been affected by feelings. So my friend doesn't like me. I'm feeling hurt. I'm not going to say hello to her next time because I don't want my feelings to get hurt again. So that's so we're seeing how the way our thoughts, our feelings and our behavior are influencing our behaviors. And again, I think this is such an important activity to have written down. Um, it's really I think if you're practicing cognitive behavioral therapy in, the, in this way, it's really, really important to write these things down because, you, you know, your, your, your mind loses these things and it's good to have these concrete things in front of you. But that's, that's an help, incredibly helpful activity that I've drawn in my, one of my journaling activities as well. So. Okay, I like that. So, so the three are thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. Thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And an example you gave is, let's say you're in a social situation and someone didn't say hi to you. So the reality is there, there are many possibilities. It may be that they were nervous to talk to you. It might be that they were angry about you. It might be that they just didn't notice you. It might be that they wanted to intentionally tick you off. So many possibilities, some positive, some negative. It could be nothing at all. So let's walk through, okay, let's say we have a negative reaction. We're just like, okay, this person, what I'm thinking, that person doesn't like me. I feel bad. Um, that's the feeling. And then the behavior is, I don't want to talk to them next time, or I'm going to give them the cold shoulder next time. How do you rework that with that trial? Mm, perfect. Yeah. So, so yeah, you would identify the thoughts. Um, you realize, okay, as I said, there are distorted thoughts. The fact that um, okay, you're, you don't know what your friend is thinking. Uh, so that's a mind reading mm -hmm. situation. There's not, there's no facts here. So we want to, you know, weigh that out. How does that work? Um, maybe your friend didn't see you. What are some al alternative um, ways we could be looking at this? Maybe your friend didn't see you. Okay. If that's true, how does that make you feel? Um, okay. So mm -hmm. a little bit confused or, but a little bit more understanding about the situation. So that's, that's immediately mm -hmm. affecting your emotions. And then, so based on that, if you're a little bit more understanding, what, what would you try to do from there? Um, you'd be say, oh, you go up to your friends, face them and say hi, and then you would gauge their response from there, but you wouldn't conclude based on this one feeling that you, or this one thought that, you know, what your friend is thinking, because, you know, we always have to be operating from a place where, um, what are our facts and, and journaling really helps like connect what is, what is fact and what is uh, your perception, because, you know, your, your world is, yeah. is based on your perception and you want to, you want to include all possible perceptions. So. Yeah, that's very good because I think those of us who, who are more mature, who, who maybe move past the immaturity of youth and the snap judgment are thinking, okay, there are different ways to see this, but I see how actually writing that out and putting those into those three separate categories of the related triangle helps us process that a lot more quickly. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great having yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I'm really excited about this project. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Yeah, yep. It'll be neat. It'll be neat. I'm excited about it, which are the best kind of projects. 
I want to make sure before you go, Lauren, that I tell everyone where they can find you. Um, you are available. Your website is lfailor. Now that's spelled L-F-A-Y-L-O-R.com. And you're also available on Twitter, on Instagram, at Lauren Thinks Health. Am I leaving anything else? No, that's else? right. Yes, uh, Instagram and Facebook, yeah. And Facebook, too. Okay. Um, Lauren, this is exciting. Everyone, go check out what Lauren has. She has very helpful bite-sized posts that will improve your thinking. They will improve your day. And over time, they will improve your life. That's what habits do. Until next time, bye, everyone. Thanks, Dave. Bye.